Welcome to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. This program is a showcase of middle grade, young adult, and new adult fiction. Your host is Mary Nickham, the founder of Saguaro Books, LLC. Saguaro Books is a unique publisher, and this program will show you why, as we bring you the authors and the books of new authors and more. Now, here's Mary Nickham. Morning. Our guest this morning is Saguaro Books author Fran Orenstein. Fran is an award-winning author and poet, wrote her first poem at age 8, and submitted a short story to a magazine at age 12. She wrote professionally and academically until she retired and began to write a variety of fiction and poetry. Saguaro Books has published two of Fran's historical young adult romance adventure novels, The Calling of the Flute and The Space Trader's Daughter. In paperback, ebook, and a graphic novel, Fat Girls from Outer Space is a contemporary tween novel on bullying and self-image. Finally, The Shadow Boy Mysteries, a mystery series for kids 8 through 11, which we will be concentrating on today. Good morning, Fran. Welcome to our show. Fran, along with many other books, you've written a series the Shadow Boy Mystery Series, and, and Saguaro Books has published it. Would you tell us about your series? Featuring a mysterious boy, Hubie, who appears when children need help. His character grows with each book, but actually until the fourth book, his true self is never revealed, and not quite even in the fourth book. The kids in the book think he's an alien or maybe a spirit or... Well, well, you have to read the series to make up your own mind about Hubie's identity. That is such an extremely enticing story. I, I loved editing them. It was fun to read, and, and they were really, really great things, I think, for middle-grade students. Uh, why did you write the series? Well, at the time I started these, or had the idea and started uh, 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 different versions, in the early 1990s, there was a lack of books for younger boys. And I wanted the books to focus on boys, but also to include girls as part of the story. Mm-hmm. It grew into writing in the girls as primary characters, along with the boys as the protagonists. And I, I wanted to focus on emotional issues such as being too smart, not fitting in, missing mm-hmm. fathers, wrapped inside a mystery plot. And the kids would resolve the problems, and along comes Hubie. Right. Yeah, no you doubt. did a masterful job at it, I tell you. Uh, Thank you. When did you decide to write the, uh, to be a writer? I never made a decision. I think um, in when I was in high school, I thought about journalism. I was on the school newspaper. But um, it wasn't a thing girls did back in those days. Mm-hmm. And um, I just naturally took to writing. I've never had to really concentrate on it. Um, I just... I wrote poetry and prose, as you said, when I was starting around seven. In fact, my mother saved them all, so I have them. (laughs) And 
And my grandsons love them. They're little tiny books that I staple together. Maybe mm-hmm. they're, they're two by four, two by three. <laughs> and I made up stories about them. And uh, I've dabbled in all the arts, but nothing resounded for me like writing. Mm-hmm. And then when I was about to retire, I decided I'd become a published writer, which had always been a dream of mine. Yeah. Good, because I was going to ask you, what did you want to do when you grew up? <laughs> I had a lot of dreams. Oh, didn't uh, we all? Yeah. I wanted to sing on Broadway, and I had the voice to do it, but I didn't have the mother to encourage uh, me. Uh-huh. A journalist, as I said, but my anthropologist-archaeologist was just my dream. Uh, uh, yeah. I majored in French, thinking I could be a translator. Uh-huh. Uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> French didn't work out. I ended up having to, uh, being coerced into taking education courses. Um, I thought later on I might be, a, I wanted to be a, um, um, a lawyer, uh-huh. and, um, but a prosecutor, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, but you know, girls were just slotted into teaching secretarial work or nursing careers. Exactly. That or was all we had. Family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, so, what, um, that's the direction families sent you, basically. Excuse me? I said that's the direction that families sent you. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in that same boat. Um, What has been your greatest inner struggle to overcome with relation to your writing career? Um, Accepting that the timing for me was wrong for success because Mm -hmm. the economy collapsed when I started sending books out to agents and publishers. Mm. I did have two agents. I had an editor at a major house hold the fat girls from outer space wow. for seven months until the pub- one division in the publishing company rejected it for a reason I never found out. Mm-hmm. She called me actually crying because she wanted it so badly. Oh, and then the publishing world started to eat itself up, meaning large publishers mm-hmm. took over smaller publishers. They fired editors. They rejected books. And mm. with the anthrax scare, nobody was accepting manuscripts, and email was not something anybody did back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't accept emails over for uh, manuscripts. So I had to make a choice and go with a small, smaller publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, the reviews have been great, and there are thousands of authors like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, the books are buried in millions of other books. Yeah. But now the whole scheme has changed anyway, and you don't get any publicity as a new writer with no. a major publishing group. No. This is this is a very good route to, to go, and you have a, more of a personal, established mm-hmm. um, relationship with the publisher. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. If you can get a personal relationship going with a publisher, that's... A real helpful thing. Uh, also, what other also helps is a personal uh, relationship with other writers, because yeah. that's how I got uh, involved with uh, with publishing my Mary book. That's how I got to World Castle, 
from mm-hmm. you. So I mean, you know, it does uh, it does work a couple different ways. Well, I got to you from one of those. Groups, <laughs> yeah, right. So there we go. Uh, what other topics are you working on? I have two books. One is mostly well half finished. It's a new age group book um, for eighteen to twenty-five. It's a sci-fi book, tentatively ah. titled "The Survivors." Uh-huh. It takes place in the future on a now uninhabitable Earth. And mm. it's a face-off between human survivors and androids who lead the world uh-huh. and the newly formed androids who've evolved with human traits. Wow. It takes place uh, hundreds of years in the future. Sure. The other novel is the third book in an adult, the adult contemporary murder mystery entitled Murder in Darkness. It's, it's with World Castle. It follows because it's for adults. It uh, follows murder in duplicate, murder in disguise. Uh-huh. And um, basically, in the third book, uh, successful mystery writer Lily Aaron is stalked by an insane woman. Oh, my gosh. Lily kills her baby brother. Uh-huh. And telling the rest would be spoilers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll stop there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you've got to keep us in mind for that first one. Oh, absolutely. I think I talked to you about it, but, you know, time has passed. Uh, Listen, my brain is not quite functional at this point yet from last week. Um, Also, uh, because we do do the uh, 18 to 25-year-old group now, uh, we have a separate uh, section for uh, new adult. So that would fit perfectly. Um, The protagonist is 18, 19. Yeah, that's perfect. That would be perfect. Um, Let's see. Do you plan to continue writing middle grade and young adult novels? And what other types of books do you enjoy writing? I have two um, uh, young adult, Mm -hmm. uh, two more historical romance adventures. Ooh. uh, In, you know, already planned out and all the research is Mm -hmm. done. But I just haven't. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's just getting to it. Yeah, a lot of books to publish. <laughs> I know. How about the Shadow Boys? Are we going to get more of those? Ah, uh, you know what? Everybody keeps asking me that, <laughs> and I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, oh well, maybe I need to do this. <laughs> I think so. I think we could use some more of those. You know, there are some series that are. Five or six, sometimes there's eight, ten, twelve in a series. So there's no limit to how many you can have. <laughs> well, if my life would just calm down. I know. <laughs> you know I'd be able to concentrate. And, and, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I hate this because I've got these. It's like my computer keeps banging around. <laughs> <laughs> An open word, open word. Open yeah, word. open word. Get to work, get to work. Get what to do you work, think yeah. makes a good story? Um, I believe there are only so many variations on a theme or a plot that you can do. Hmm. So I enjoy, I enjoy reading them and writing character-driven books. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a background in psychology, counseling, and child Mm, development, mm. and I love to delve into feelings and the mental state of my characters, be they they children, teens, you know, young, you know, adults, Mm -hmm. 
whatever. Um, I find that very compelling to do. And so, you know, there are so many infinite <laughs> people in the world. Oh, yeah. But how many times can you tell the same story? No, no. So that's why uh, that's all it. of my books tend to be character-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do find uh, you always have to, to make sure that it's going in a new direction because people don't want to reread things either. Of all the stories you could have written, why did you choose to write these particular books? Well, the shadow, the story, the storylines for my books just pop into my head. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't sit down and think about them. I don't use mm-hmm. an outline. Mm-hmm. So the Shadow Boy series came to me one day, and at the time, it wasn't the Shadow Boy series. It was just <laughs> one book. No, right, and Hubie took on a life of his own. Mm-hmm. So I just write, dot, jot down notes. I do, I do flesh out all the characters because mm-hmm. it's character-driven. And when I'm ready, I just start writing. And I just, it's, I, can, I usually can polish up a book in a month or two. Well, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fast. For me, it's usually yeah, years. I don't have to about them. The, mm-hmm. I know how it starts and I know how it ends and the big middle float along and uh, however, di- whatever direction it takes mm-hmm. is where it goes and sometimes the ending is not what I actually planned out. Right, right. What was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your books? Um... I learned that, well, I think the most surprising thing was like I'm almost something is telling me what to write. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this sounds strange, but it's something I no. can't even describe. Yeah. That's, I that's... just sit down and it flows right out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, a good way, and it's also... You're lucky because I think a lot of people do work, a lot of authors do really work hard on, on getting an idea and getting it right and things like that. How much of your personal psyche, your struggles, your insecurities are hidden within the characters of this particular story? Well, it's not of the Shadow Boy Mysteries. It's n- the only thing that is um, the first book. Mm-hmm. Uh, about Willie, who's too smart for his own good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I lucked out in school to be in a gifted class. So all the way through from third grade to sixth grade mm-hmm. with the same kids. Mm. And, um, but I have looked around and seen what's happened to school where kids are not and, and they're, they get bored. Mm-hmm. Start to get into trouble, mm-hmm. and people say, "Oh no, you know, we've got to put him back." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never mind the fact that he's too smart for the class. That's he already right. knows that whatever is being taught, mm-hmm. uh, or she. Yeah. And um, so, in those books, that's the only one that I really, really relate to. As far mm-hmm. as the second book with Danny and his, his learning disability, I think it's Danny, I can't remember now, yeah. uh, his learning disability, mm-hmm. that, that relates 
to other kids I've observed and kids sure. when I taught. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how difficult and unrecognized these things are. Mm-hmm. And if there's no intervention from somebody, like a parent, mm-hmm. um, they, there's nothing that's going to be done. Well, and and it's even something as silly as as uh, as vision vision. I I have a friend, uh, and and she, you know, the teacher would keep saying, "Can you read this?" And she would <laughs> say, "No," and 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 so they decided they were uh, developmentally delayed. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, it happens that mm-hmm. she said the wrong thing. If she had yeah. said, "Can you read this? Can you mm-hmm. see this?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody would have picked up earlier that they had they were legally blind. Oh my gosh! Yeah, legally blind. Mm-hmm. They're brilliant. They're immense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> professionals yeah. with doctorates. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's, it's things like that. Right. But the one about personal experience is fat girls from outer space because I was an obese child. I will admit that. Me too. Um, and uh, they're based on my experience as an obese child and those of two of my adult friends mm-hmm. who were obese children and told me their stories. And um, so that's, that's, that's that book. That does and that everything one. in it. At some point or another, happened to somebody, one of the three right, of us. Right, right. Okay, well, thank you, Fran. We're going to go to break right now, and we will be back in a few minutes, a couple minutes, and uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Saguaro Books, LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle-grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at saguarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thank you, and welcome back, Fran. Thank you, and welcome back, Fran. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I answered. I guess he didn't hear me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, there's 2,400 miles between us. So. I know. There's so many miles. What would you say is your interesting writing quirk? Well, I said before that I don't really plan a book or write an outline. Writing an outline is like when I wrote my dissertation. I <laughs> Fill in the blanks. I can't stand that. I know. Um, or a grant. <laughs> no. I do flush out the characters, but the storyline writes itself. Um, it's almost like I were channeling or being mm-hmm. channeled. I have an idea in my head where I want to go, but it's like Robert's Fro- Robert Frost's path less traveled. I never know where it leads. Mm-hmm. But somehow it always works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might work out on the third editing, but <laughs> Yeah, it must has to go through a couple reiterations before you feel like it's really made it. Do you hear from your readers much? What kinds of things do they say if you do? Well, I do. I in fact uh quite a few years ago I got a letter from a boy who read my book. <laughs> uh-huh. And um and he posted a uh, review who read one of the Cubie mm-hmm. books, the earlier mm-hmm. ones, and he wrote posted a review wow. <laughs> on his on my website. Well, you know, on the um, on Amazon, uh-huh. uh, which was very nice. Um, I know that my books sell a lot to uh, classes and mm. um, children's groups. Mm-hmm. Come into a particular bookstore in Surprise, Arizona. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gifts are gifts for us. Gifts for you. Oh. That for us. And um, so, um, yeah. That's great. Kids really like it. I, I've had kids read, uh, you know, read uh, the other books you have, too, with who mm-hmm. really love them. Great. I know what you're, that you're a busy person with all your writing and editing, but tell us, what do you do in your spare time? Yeah. If you have any. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I love to play Native American flutes and the oh. piano. I used to play guitar, but I can't I don't can't physically handle a guitar anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I love art. I used to paint, but it was messy. <laughs> so and I don't have the space for it anymore. So I, I like to use colored pencils or markers. Uh-huh. I do Tai Chi, and I meditate when I can, calm down. Right. <laughs> Mostly I meet, read mysteries, international thrillers, horror, and other paranormal adventures. Mm. I go on TV binges, and the latest is, is the Doctor Who series and uh-huh. British mysteries. I love British, British uh-huh. uh, shows. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Uh do you have any suggestions to help listeners to become better writers? 
Yeah, actually, the most important thing for a writer is to read. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how you learn what you like in genre, grammar, mm-hmm. sentence structure, plot, characters. And especially for young children, reading spurs the imagination and enables creativity, and they, they also figure out what they like and don't like, mm-hmm. and they, that's how they learn grammar and, and proper writing and so on. Um, I would advise definitely attending workshops, conferences, mm-hmm. joining writing groups, as you said earlier, uh, just not just local ones, but national ones, like mm-hmm. the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Um, that's how I found that agent for Fat Girls, mm. not the agent, the editor for Fat Girls, mm-hmm. because I went to an FCBWI. Uh, I was living in New Jersey at the time, so uh. I went to the one in New York, Ooh. and uh, and I and I attended one of her workshops, and I I approached her and and pitched the book to her. <laughs> so, wow! Yeah, and, yeah. and you can all you know, there's a lot of good things that mm-hmm. come with joining any of these groups. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to write down words that are buried in your head. Right. Then join a critique group. That's mm-hmm. how I met you. Yeah, that's true. And it and, was a um, great group at that time. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they were. And I just introduced myself, and mm-hmm. then you took you took the spice merchant's daughter home with you. Yeah, I remember that. It and was. You called me, and you said. I might publish two. I want to publish this. Yeah, I know. That was where it started. That's how it started. That's right, and that's that's how we get uh, sometimes get good manuscripts too by uh, visiting with groups and and just hearing from people who have had critique groups and they said, you know, we found your publishing company through our critique group. I said, yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, so uh, what are common traps for aspiring writers? What should they be looking out for? Not following the rules of writing, especially <laughs> for kids. I'm sorry, there are rules, and kids' <laughs> books have rules. Yep. Not doing your homework, either research for authenticity, mm-hmm. reading books on writing, grammar, structure, not getting any feedback from critique groups or other oh. writers. I have readers who read my books before I send them mm-hmm. out to the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, not following the publisher's rules of submission. Oh. Yay. You go nowhere. No, you do <laughs> not. Submission. <laughs> not sending your out. Yeah, like I said before, your manuscript to reliable readers who give right. you honest feedback, not family members. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> they can be brutal and mm-hmm. misinformed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or your BFF who loves anything you Anything, doing. yes. No, you don't want to do that. So That's true. Who is another writer. Who you're mm-hmm. you're acquainted with, who, mm-hmm. who could become your friend one day, but they'll give you honest feedback, right? As and it won't be brutal. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's <laughs> the they difference. They won't argue with you, you know. No, so yeah. on. Um, well, that's those are the well, things. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's. I you think you got to get a book on children's writing, on writing for children, right. Because there are very specific rules when you mm-hmm. write. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And I that's one thing with our company and why one of the main uh, reasons to reject is first place the writing is is not good and it's it's been prematurely uh, submitted. Uh, we yes. don't get you know you don't get you know the story is there but it's not developed well enough and uh, and also the writing is is poor and that's one thing with Suara books and we try desperately to make sure everything is written according to rules of grammar mm-hmm. and and because I agree with you in that you know this is where students are getting their they're they're reading and they're reading this grammar the way it should be, and that yes. should be helping them do the right thing and writing and and everything. So, yeah, oh. there is a big difference between how you write dialogue and mm-hmm. how you speak, especially in this day and age when, oh. frankly, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody <laughs> knows. And they're like like everything is like this, you know. Okay, that's- yeah, uh, that, I'm like not feeling good. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you want to put in modern day speech. Well, sometimes, and in dialogue, it's it's usually okay. Well, no. If you don't get overboard with it. Well, there's a difference between him said and he said. <laughs> yes. 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 You know, there's a big difference. I mean, you know, there is, there are pronouns. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Very important. Yes. Um, when you, if you want to talk to to your friends, go ahead and do it however you want. Yeah. Because they'll speak like you. But if you're exactly. writing for for a general public and you hope that millions of people are going to read mm-hmm. your book all over the world, you don't yeah. want to uh, to do it. You know, in a in a I would use the term mishmash way. That's right, and also uh, being very careful of current um, whatever the, the the locals say, the kids say at this point. If your book is read ten years from now, they're not going to know what the heck this is. You know, because they don't talk like that anymore. So yes. you know that kind of thing gets. Way you out also of, have to be aware of dialogue in different parts of the country. Exactly. Yeah, and and how different. Yeah, and especially if you're depending on where your character is and what he he or she is. If they're uh, southern, they talk differently than Upper Midwest, for instance. And and this kind of thing has to be shown. Your character has to talk like his or her. Um, local community would talk. And yes. You have yes. to, and that's all part of the research thing. Well, you have things like the word soda and pop. They're yep. the same thing. Exactly. Where you live Wherever you are is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Ho- hoagies and, and, uh, and whatever the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, things yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you really need to know the, the dialogue. But then... It's also important that it's clear enough mm-hmm. so that someone reading in Massachusetts exactly. is going to understand somebody from, say, Arkansas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, then, what? What? How did publishing your first book change your process of writing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe it didn't. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> That's what I was I still, afraid of. I still write the same. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been an editor. I've been a professional editor on magazines, so I know how to edit. Uh-huh. The only thing is that I have two publishers, and each one has a different, uses a different, like you like, okay. K. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. K. Right. The other publisher likes OKAY. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you I have to know like when that. you're publishing. Yeah. yeah. And I can't remember who I <laughs> You'll find out real quick if you submit them to me. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's yeah, fine. it is. It's okay because I can just do a global <laughs> change the whole thing. Yes, yes. So, um... It's um, it's important that you have the initial and st- initial structure, and mm-hmm. then get a reader. You know, readers are really, really important, and I always thank my readers at the beginning of the book. Right. Because I couldn't. Yeah, I don't think a writer should function without readers, and <laughs> that's why a lot of groups uh, provide readers. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They call them beta readers, and they are definitely important. What yes. was an early experience where you learned that language had power? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess by the time I could speak, which was kind of early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mother was a storyteller, uh. and she was an avid reader. I literally grew up in libraries. Uh-huh. And my kids did, too. I remember my daughter crawling along in this yellow one-piece winter <laughs> snowsuit. And I would see her what was safe back then. I could see her down the aisle <laughs> with her little behind wiggling, you know. Yeah, yeah, on the crawl. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, we used to go at least one to two times a week to mm-hmm. the library because my mother, you know, she read. She'd rather do anything. She'd rather read than do anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, see, I grew up on radio, so I learned to listen Right. And read. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not a visual world back then. Right. And it fused words with listening and writing, if I'm coming across clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mother would take fairy tales and make them into new stories. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of research do you do, and how long do you spend researching before beginning a book? Well, when I, years ago, well, not that many years ago, but uh, it depends <laughs> upon the book. Mm-hmm. Um, some books don't need research. No, that's true. And, um, but I have a friend who loves to do research. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I like to do research, but I get, I get <laughs> doing research. So she was my go-to person. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if uh, like, I needed historical research, she would do it for me. She uh-huh. loved to do it. I would give her the questions I wanted answered, and she would get it done. Wow. Um, and that was for free. You know? Oh, so, man. So, well, she loved to do it. Yeah. We were, we're best friends. I mean, I'm her best I'm. She's my best friend. She has another best friend, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, there's a, I spent a lot of time at the library because they, mm-hmm. then later on, of course, I could go online. Oh, yeah. 
asking people who have experience in parts of this story is a great way to get information. Mm-hmm. The Mystery of the Green Goblin, I interviewed a man who lived where I did in Florida. Uh, his father had been MIA when he was the same age as the character. Ah. And then he himself had been MIA in Vietnam. Ah. So he was a fountain of information, both from the mm-hmm. child's perspective, then as an adult having the same experience. And one of the things he told me, and he was five years old when his father was in the military and went MIA. Uh-huh. Two things he could remember about his father was the smell of his leather boots uh. and, and the smell of the oil went from his rifle. Wow. And, and that's what lingered in his head, and that's what he could remember. Of course... You know, this is this had good endings. Obviously, he's still oh, alive. Sure. His father did come back. Good, but um, but I got a very real perspective mm-hmm. from him. Yeah, well, that Green Goblins was a very very interesting story, and it was fun to read, and it was it was just very very good. Okay, I think we are heading again to break, so stay with us. We'll be back in a couple minutes, and we'll uh, hear some, uh, some story that Fran will read from one of the books. So okay. hold on, and we'll be back. Sure. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. Saguaro Books LLC is a publisher unlike most publishers that you've known. What's unique about us is that we don't work with agents. We work directly with the authors. We're a fiction-only publisher that specializes in first-time authors, middle grade and young adult fiction, and we have a new section for new adult fiction. Find us on the web at saguarobooks.com. All of our books are also available on major ebook sites and a variety of formats. Find something new to put on your reading list today. Visit saguarobooks.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You 
listening to the Saguaro Books Radio Hour. To speak with Mary Nickham or her guest, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you may send an email to mjnickham at saguarobooks.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, Fran. Are you back? Hi, Mary. <laughs> We're back. Uh, how did you select the names of your characters? <laughs> they pop into my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just like the story, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, same story. Same story. Um, sometimes <clears throat> I'm sorry I picked them, but then it's too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't go and change them. Sometimes I, I will... Uh, I will do, you know, the name of some kid I know, you know. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And as long as you don't use last names, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, no. How long, on average, does it take you to write a book? Well, now it seems to be forever, but it used to take me a couple of months, and that was it, you know, uh-huh. and then it was done. Um, so we'll see if I can get back into that groove. Right. What is the most difficult part of your artistic process, do you think? Uh, motivation to sit down and write. Uh huh. I mm-hmm. used to write more and faster when I was working full time, but that's what everybody <laughs> has to say. Uh, yeah. Time, yeah. Um, it, it creates space to sleep later, curl up with a book, mm-hmm. watch TV. Right. Um, and they eat into a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of slowed down a little bit after 18 published books uh-huh. and, you know, personal issues, and I've slowed down. Oh, sure. But, um, what was the hardest scene you write to write? Sometimes a book becomes very personal and too close to home, like mm. Parts of Fat Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, the bullying, the anger, the embarrassment, the bad body image. Oh, Yeah. Characters that experience what I did, feeling mm-hmm. different, treated differently. Uh, poetry is very revealing and also very emotional. I've actually sat and cried while I was oh. writing, a poem. and sometimes I have trouble reading a certain poems out loud. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, poetry uh-huh. is a very, very deep, very deep. Wow, that's interesting. Um, Oh, what is, let's see, what words would you like to leave the world when you're gone? Tolerance, love, and peace. Okay. We're all different, but we're mm-hmm. all the same. Mm-hmm. We all cry, love, hate, fear, and are brave. Mm-hmm. That's and good. And so yeah. the world would be a great place if there was just love and peace and tolerance. Mm-hmm. But then what would we do? <laughs> but gee, we wouldn't have to tweet and fight, would we? <laughs> and we'd have all kinds of time to read, wouldn't we? <laughs> well, we might sleep at night. Yeah, that too. Where can we learn more about you and your books, website, anything like that? Yes, I have a, a you can visit Fran's World mm-hmm. at com. That's F as in Frank, R-A-N as in Nancy, O-R-E-N as in Nancy, S-T 
N-A-N-C-E-I-N is a Nancy. Mm-hmm. And everything is in my links, book mm-hmm. summaries, the covers, the publishers, um, what I, what events I'm doing, like right now. Yeah, yes, this is an event. Uh, where can we purchase your book? Well, all of my novels, short story books, uh, my short story book and poetry are all available at all the online bookstores mm-hmm. and in, in e-book and on paperback. The kids' books are, ah, oh, got it, gifts to go uh-huh. <laughs> in Surprise, Arizona. And others can be ordered through bookstores. They, um, mm-hmm. The ISB numbers of my books are on the, also on my website in the books link. Okay. And they are available through my publishers, Swarrow mm-hmm. Books for Children, World Castle Publishing, Mm-hmm. and Aquitaine Limited, which is also in Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. and that's the poetry right. publisher. Right, yes, Kathy is our sister publisher. Uh, let's see now, now I'm going to ask you to read from the books, uh, especially from, uh, possibly from the Shadow series, I would imagine if you have others that you would like to also read, uh, let me know, and we can accommodate that too. So let's get started on that, okay? We'd love to hear some of your stories. Okay, this is the very beginning of the mystery under third base, which mm. is the mm-hmm. in the in the uh, Shadow Boy mysteries, right? Chapter one: Stone walls and ghostly calls. He's got to be somewhere, Viggy whispered. I saw him creep around those bushes. Jimmy shook his head. It's like he just disappeared into the sand. How could that happen? Maybe he beamed up into space. Right, aliens in Arizona. Viggy Viggy, Viggy poked around the shrubs, but no Willie. I bet the sand swallowed him, as some of those giant lizards do. That was a movie, and they lived under the sand. They just came up to eat people. Yuck! Jimmy stuck his finger in his mouth and gagged. Viggy rolled his eyes and sat down under a tree. Jimmy plopped down next to him. So now what, he asked. Viggy shrugged. How would I know? The tree shook, and yellow flowers rained down, covering the boys. They jumped up and ran out from underneath the branches. What was that? Jimmy said, shaking the petals from his shirt. Viggy looked up but couldn't see anything in the branches. There was a blank spot, as if something blocked the sun. But then it was gone before Viggy could figure it out. I'm getting out of here. He raced across the empty lot, (laughs) tripping over a dented beer can. Wait for me, Jimmy yelled. He sideswiped a deadly prickly pear cactus and grabbed Viggy's arm, pulling him up. The leaves on the tree shook as if they were laughing at clowns, whooping it up in a circus. Then it settled down. The boy-shaped shadows slid down from the lowest branch, landed on the ground, and disappeared. Ten feet away, a pile of dead cactus and brush parted, as if spread by an invisible hand, revealing a door behind the remains of cinder block basement and a chimney, its stone walls rising to the cloudless blue sky. The air was still, the only sound 
the mournful moan of a dove calling for a mate. One by one, butterflies return to the tree to flitter among the yellow flowers. A lone hummingbird checked out the red flowers of an ancient bush now towering over six feet high. So that's your introduction. Mm-hmm. That is... That sets the story very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, and you want me to go on to another book? Sure, go ahead. Okay, this is the mystery of the Green Goblin. That whoops, I dropped the phone. <laughs> you still hear me? Yep. Okay, mystery of the Green Goblin that you loved so much. Uh huh. This is where Alex, who is the main character, meets. His, his, who he thinks are his friends, Trash and Mungo. Uh-huh. Alex? Alex, hey man, over here! Alex looked up. Trash and Mungo beckoned from behind the dumpster. What are you doing here, Alex asked. Pipe down, we're hiding out, Trash whispered. Hiding from what? Alex asked in a softer voice, softer voice. The assistant principal, you know, Mr. Gray, <laughs> Mungo whispered. Alex shook his head. Should I even ask why? Yeah. Come on, let's get away from here before they find us, Trash said, moving fast. The other boys followed him. When they reached the train station, Trash stopped short. Mungo, looking behind him at Alex, bumped into Trash, and they both went over in a heap. Get off me, jerk! Trash yelled, pushing the other boy aside. Mungo picked himself up and said, Sorry, Trash. Alex sighed. Okay, now tell me why. Why what? Trash asked, brushing himself off. Detention, detention, Alex yelled. <laughs> oh, that. Well, we were both trying to superglue the door to the teacher's bathroom when the janitor caught, caught, <laughs> caught us, Trash announced. Mungo said, he dragged this to the principal. She called old man Gray, who gave us detention, Trash continued. Mungo's grin widened. We skipped out on detention. Yeah, old man Gray, he went to the bathroom, and we sneaked out the back door, <laughs> Trash said. How cool is that, Mungo laughed. Yeah, he shouldn't have left us alone in the hall, Trash said. You're kidding, right, Alex asked. No, no, you're not kidding, right? Mungo said, looking at Trash. Nope, he's right for once. We did it. And Trash puffed out his chest. You're in so much trouble, Alex said. It's not a big deal. They'll just double the detention, Trash said. I did something even dumber in math, Alex said. You got into trouble, Trash shouted. <laughs> That's impossible. You never get into trouble. Well, I did. And Alex told them what happened. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That is such fun. That's such a fun book to read. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. Uh, a little bit before we go about the fat girls. Uh, do you have anything? Uh, what did you think of the uh, the we we did the paperback and then we did the um, the uh, I can't remember what we called it anymore. Even. <laughs> The picture the book. <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The comic. 
comic book. <laughs> yeah, the comic book, right. And uh, what did you think of that? How did you think that helped? Did it work out well? You know, I don't know because I'm not sure which of, which of these is selling. Well, you know, I don't get notices. Uh, well, yeah, I know because I don't I don't get that many, and I'm not absolutely sure. But I think it's not selling as well as I thought it would, and I'm not quite sure why, other than that we didn't do it in color. Now, I don't know if that would have made a difference. If it had, it would have been even more of a drain on my budget because it was very much more expensive. And if it isn't selling Mm -hmm. well, that doesn't mean that I'm able to recoup, recoup much on it either. So... That is the sales part of this whole book thing is really uh, a little bit more of a challenge than you know than than writers really realize that's for sure. So um, I well, don't know. Are I you ha- are you happy with the way the sale is going on your other books? Um, I know that they sell nicely through uh, Gifts to Go. Uh huh. Um, I don't. You would be the one to know. They mm-hmm. seem to. They seem to be good, selling decently. They're consistent. That's for sure. Yeah, I think for sure. Uh, third base. I have at least one on every one of my. Uh, you know, on most of my Amazon uh, mm-hmm. returns. But uh, for the others, especially the um, historical ones, I'm not. I'm surprised that they're not selling faster than they do. Yeah, you know, that's another thing on that question that you asked me about, um, you know, what, what um, the, the, the barriers. Uh-huh. See, I, I'm the kind of person that is, I'm off in every direction. Mm-hmm. I, I love to write, I love to do so much, yeah. you know. And um, so I can't, most writers focus on one particular thing. I get bored mm-hmm. out of my mind mm-hmm. if I have to write books about the same thing right. over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And so I like variation. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've written 18 books and they're so varied. Mm-hmm. And so I think... I think if if a writer can handle it, mm-hmm. you're better off picking one genre, right? One age group, mm-hmm. and write series on from those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like the series myself at all levels, whether it's kids or adults. I get a <laughs> real thrill out of going through six or eight books. I just wrote read something on the Parthian Empire that was seven, eight or nine uh, in the series, and it was really fun to follow the character all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, well, we're just about finished for today, and I thank you so much, Fran, for your input and for your responses, and working with you has been just the highlight of my whole career here with the, <laughs> with the books. And uh, I really do enjoy, and I'm looking forward to those, those new books. So okay. <laughs> give us a, be sure and submit. So 
Thank you so much, and we're finished for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Saguaro Books Radio Hour. Host Mary Nickham invites you to join us again next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to discuss then.